Friends and listeners, and welcome to episode three of the Skill and Bones Radio Podcast, a monthly program dedicated to games and geek culture coming to you from the wet coast of beautiful Bellingham, Washington. My name is Bradley Lines, and I am both a freshly wounded and rapidly deteriorating survivor of what we who chatter across shortwave radio have dubbed the event, and one of a trio of hosts speaking to you today. Sitting across from me is the man so stockpiled and ready for the coming waves of the undead that he has built his compound walls entirely out of canned goods, Mr. Lauren Tinsley. Lauren, thank you for having us in your home. I feel safe here. Just a bit woozy. I lost a lot of blood out there. We have a lot of toilet paper, because that's the second thing you stockpile for the apocalypse. First is canned goods, then it's toilet paper. And to his left is the... Uh... 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 Brad, are you okay, Brad? <laughs> How long should we play this out before we kill him? Uh, uh, <laughs> I want to see his eyes open first, and then we can bring him. Kevin, hello. Oh, hey. You all right there, Brett? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, okay. On every episode of Skill and Bones Radio, we like to center our discussion around a particular theme, and tonight is no exception. Lauren, what are we going to be talking about tonight? I think it's The Walking Dead. But not to be confused with a vampire or a lich. Frankenstein. Franken or Frankenstein. Very thank you very much. No, we will be talking about zombies tonight in the pop culture. Little show you might have heard about once in a while. Uh, Walking Dead. Gross. Yeah. And a vengeance-seeking board game called Zombicide. That's right. We will be talking Zombicide, Walking Dead, and all things zombie. But before we do... We ought to give a quick update to our last show because we had a finale to our Warlands campaign, as we discussed, and Lauren and Kevin both played pivotal roles in the final mission. Witnessed! <laughs> so, Lauren, since you didn't actually play in the earlier games of that, what did you, uh, what did you make of that final mission of Sherbert's Warlands campaign? It was the chaos that I'd hoped it would be. It did indeed turn out to be rather chaotic, and right from the start, um, thanks in no small part to Kevin... We had we had kind of a, a pretty loose alliance of, of large mobs of cars chasing this uh, this tanker truck across the desert when suddenly things we went wrong. <laughs> I just wanted to burn people a little bit. I'd taken two <laughs> flamethrowers on my buggies and I wasn't going to not use them and I wasn't going to wait till turn 10 to... Nor turn 2. Yeah, nor turn <laughs> 2. Yeah. 
I had to prove that they were working. It they been, were working. It would have been embarrassing to drive all the way up there only you to have rather, to out. You rather enraged Nathan uh, <laughs> immediately off the bat. Who, he overreacted. Who, well, yeah, flipping a car around and, and driving the wrong way down the highway in order to intentionally cause a, what was must have been about a 36-car pileup. <laughs> it was about half. <laughs> yeah, about half of the cars on the table. Yeah, that was um, pretty reactionary, I'd say. Yeah, overreactionary. I have a question. Now, did you intentionally target Nathan hoping for that reaction? Or is it just, could have been anybody? He deployed next to me, and it was going to be him or Jim, because they were on, I was sandwiched between the two of them, and uh, so somebody needed to burn. It was pretty tight quarters, and really, once you let fly with that, pretty much everybody else decided that everybody else was fair game, and we managed to squeak a few cars down to the other end right before Lauren escaped the table and uh, stopped that semi-dead cold, which, unfortunately meant that we all lost. <laughs> so, but a loss for everybody is basically a win for us all um, when the game turned out as fun as it actually did. So it was good. It was a good time. I spent most of the game watching, and even just watching the mayhem unfold was very entertaining. Had a great time. Yeah, well, it did take us longer to get to you than, um, than maybe <laughs> it should have. But, you know, it was fun. I thought for sure that I was going to set things off with that, and people were just going to gang up on me and wipe me out real quickly. You have something plan. else to do? Yeah, I was going to play some X-Wing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I figured you guys would be like, all right, now we got that moron out of the way. Let's take care of business. Ah, didn't work that way. No, they started killing each other. <laughs> other than Nathan, nobody really took it out on me. Well, we ought to say thank you once again to Sherbert for running an awesome campaign and uh, putting together that wicked truck trailer thing that he oh, that he built the for, war that, rig. for the Beautiful war rig for that model. thing. It was gorgeous and articulated. It was amazing. It was yes. magnetically um, bonded together, and uh, it was quite a little piece of engineering. That's right. They didn't all turn on you because Joey quickly turned on Brad. Well, I shot him first, to oh, be fair. You oh, you did you? Yeah, I missed, but so did he. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A warning shot across the bow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to uh, witness several fierce warriors, the first of which being Jim, because he's the only one that's... Not the only one. The main one that came down and, and started hunting me. The second one, and this is the key one, is Brad himself. He's the one that lamed the beast to be to have it brought down with his oil slick that he got out in front of the war rig. And that's what brought me down. Everyone else was just stacking on his success. You know, honestly, when you when you think of oil slicks in movies and uh, that sort of thing, you expect the car that hits it to go spinning off in some side direction or thing. You don't actually expect it to accelerate and thus run over the car that dropped <laughs> it, killing your, killing your uh, leader. It was very, very slick. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> Sure, there's a dirty joke in there. So, so apart from um, that game, what else have you been? Uh, what else have you been playing lately? X-wing. Um, all my Armada friends have been playing this uh, Warlands campaign, but X-wing. And uh, yeah, I'm just gonna own up. I, I missed the tournament because uh, I didn't get the start time right. Oh, we did have a tournament in town. Yeah, store championship. Yeah, store championship. And how many people were in that? 26, I believe. That's a lot of people. 28, somewhere in that area. I didn't know we could pull out that many people for playing X-Wing. A lot of people came from out of town. Can oh. Canadians, some from Seattle. But it was pretty cool because there was actually two other store championships. One down uh, in Seattle somewhere, I think on the east side. Um, and then one down in Tacoma as well. And we still managed to pull some Seattle people up to Bellingham, which was pretty impressive. And congratulations to Joey. Yes. We took store championship. Yes. Yeah. He won the Magic regional too didn't he what, like last year or something like that he got really into magic and he won like a, a big championship or maybe it's just friday night magic that he won but he won he was king of the nerds and magic as well so now he's king of the nerds and magic king of the nerds and x-wing i think we got to take him down before he uh gets too much power gets yeah. too stuffy gets a little too yeah full of steam <laughs> i think we need to start challenging him to some armada <clears throat> 
So you've been playing some X-Wing. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, uh, always League of Legends. <laughs> always League of always Legends. Always League, League of Legends. And um, I got into a, uh, a beta call of a game called Gigantic. And I can't talk details because of, you know, the NDA. disclosure. NDA. But uh, I was asked to talk about it. Of, of all the um, console MOBAs that I've played, it's the cleanest, it's the clearest, it's the fastest paced, and it's got really good action and balance. And this one, instead of taking down a target called a, a nexus or some, the base, you have to take down the enemy's monster, uh, which is uh, in the form of a flying serpent or a griffin. Teamwork to take, uh, you spawn other monsters. Teamwork to take down the enemy's monsters on the way to taking down the big monster. I know that's pretty loose and rough, but that's where I got to leave it. <laughs> um, at this point, I would suggest Gigantic to anybody who's interested in the title. Um, I've played some other ones like uh, Battleborn. Um, not so much of a fan of that one, but Gigantic played out really well. Cool. What have you been playing? Yeah, Kevin, what have you been playing? Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of X-Wing as well. Um, I missed out on that store championship, unfortunately, due to due to work. But yeah, mostly X-Wing, a little Armada here and there. But as Lauren said, Armada's been a little down while people have been busy. But now that the Warlands campaign's wrapped up, hopefully we can get some more people going. And I actually met a couple of new guys that live in town. Uh, haven't been coming down gaming, but they're Armada players. Just moved here, going to Western, I believe. Hmm. So hopefully we can get a bigger Armada crowd. What about you, Brad? What have you been playing? I have been not having a lot of time to play because I've been working on my own stuff right now. Mm-hmm. But when I when I do get a chance to sit down, I've been playing this new game called Pokken, which is um, a cross between Tekken, the uh, fighting game, <laughs> and Pokemon. Oh, I thought that's what yeah. I was going with. <laughs> I've seen that on the Nerdist. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's, it's a new fighting game out from um, Namco. And um, it's fantastic. It's yeah. got some of the best net code I have ever seen for an online fighting game. It's like it takes you about three, four seconds to actually make an online connection and get into a match. It's wow. just and there's a constant supply. It's a deep and complex game. It's it's just really good. But then it's also Pokemon, and it's like, what the hell is this thing? Um, but the kids love it. Um, they love to watch, you know, Pikachu beat the crap out of you know all the other ones, and it. So um, are they like Pokemon characters fighting Tekken characters? No, it's all just Pokemon just, on Pokemon. It's oh, okay. just it's just a Pokemon fighting game using Tekken technology. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha, know? cool. But it's a it's a more complicated fighting game than your regular sort of Street Fighter sort of stuff. Not like Smash Brothers. It's not like the inputs are like Smash Brothers. It's re- really simple and directional directional button. You don't have to do any quarter circle toward that kind oh. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very simple. But in terms of like stringing moves together, there's there's uh, two different phases where you got a, a distance three D roaming phase and then an up close you know two D plane uh, fighting game phase. Um, it's a pretty complicated system. It's been signed on for Evo for the uh, for fighting game championships. It's one of the new titles that's been added to that uh, really? lineup. Yeah. This year, which means that Nintendo's now got like two or three titles up on Evo. Um, Good for them. Yeah. But that's been taking up what little bits of spare time that I've had. Quick match here and there, huh? Yeah. Very nice. The other thing I played this last week is some Zombicide. But we'll get into that. Let's take a quick one and then talk about... Zombies and pop culture. Zombies and pop culture. Ooh, 
WorldSmithIndustries.com, originally created after a couple of successful Kickstarters. They're makers of terrain resin for tabletop wargaming. Current offerings include a variety of walls, water features, and some scatter terrain. The area terrain system involves a number of area terrain bases into which you can plug things like trees and rocks and giant crystals. There are also blank bases that can be used to make custom inserts or just make some open space. You can mix and match. It's easy to make a variety of terrain types just by switching out inserts. Because it's resin, it's a lot more durable than a lot of scratch-built terrain. It's highly detailed and really easy to paint. Skill and Bones listeners can get 10% off their orders by entering the code SKILLANDBONES at checkout. Go to WorldSmithIndustries.com. So I had my kids out on the playground the other day. <laughs> and... Um, I ran into some random kid, you know, they're just playing on the playground. Six years old, this kid, you know, as are mine. And this kid says, hey, do you want to play zombies? I'm saying, really? You want to play zombies? What does it mean to play zombies when you're a six-year-old kid? And first of all, how do you know about zombies? Right. And second of all, what does it actually mean to play zombies when you're a six-year-old now? Interesting. So I stood by and watched and listened. And the game basically consisted of them hanging out inside one of the tunnels and then uh, running off because there were zombies outside. Mm-hmm. And then once the zombies had cleared off, running out to collect supplies so that they could continue to live. They were scavenging on the playground <laughs> while a zombie mob you know, was gathered outside. And then the zombies would show up again. They'd run away. And it just occurred to me that this is how ingrained it's become. That not only just the idea of this kind of cartoonish zombie has filtered down to the, to the kid level. And you see the kind of cartoony zombies and plants versus zombies and all these other kinds of, you know, things that are out there. They're all over the place, right? But the, now also the idea of zombies as a survivalist kind of thing is out there, right? And in the pop culture. So where did this come from? Research says Western Africa, Haiti, and then uh, New Orleans. Oh, just oh. with the name of the word zombies? Um, the or, mythos, if you will. Uh, like, the origin of the zombies origin. themselves. Yeah. yeah. Starting in Western, Western Africa, then those people were brought to Haiti for uh, nefarious purposes. Yeah. They brought their mythos with them, and I think it was refi- uh, refined in Haiti, actually. I think it grew into something quite something else in Haiti. Now, that was early 20th century. Yeah. And so we've come a long way since then, and we're really seeing just an explosion of in the culture. Yes. And so... What are where is all this coming from? Where why is it so big right now? Yeah, it's something I thought about as well. Um, well, I think in general that you have a lot of apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic type stories. I mean, we covered that last episode, yeah, but yeah. I mean that kind of story is really really common now. And I wonder almost if there's some some sort of sense of underlying dread that everybody feels like everything is gonna come crumbling down, and whether it's a, a zombie apocalypse or apocalypse of some other kind. Now, do you think that this is something that's still on the rise, or do you think that it's something that's tapering off, or is it... You know, I mean, we have we have a lot of zombies in our stuff now, but that's just sort of kind of entered the milieu of the American horror uh, character genre, right? No, <laughs> you know, it's it's out there with it's out there with your vampires, it's out there with your mummy, it's out there with your Frankenstein, it's out there. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what the what the uh, American horror genre was sort of built on for a long time, and then yes. along comes zombies as the new kid on the block. Yeah. You know, but they're not though. That's that's. I think it's the blow up of the geek culture in general that brought the zombies up into this. You're right. It's getting very big. It's is blown up huge. But before that, I think it was mainstream uh, geek horror, geek culture back in like the '80s. Okay, yeah. That's that's my opinion. That's what I remember. That's the first place where I kind of geeked out was the horror. There was a ton of it there, and so I was kind of interested in the actual strict numbers of this. Oh, and so what I did was I went out and took a list of 
the number of zombie movies released by year, mm-hmm. and then also the number of uh, video games that have come out uh, 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 featuring zombies, and the number of board games that came out featuring zombies. And I compiled those things all into a list. And do? you kind of go back, and, you, and and the farther you go back, the worse the tracking is on this kind of stuff. And of course, the, the fewer zombie video games you're going to get as you go back through the uh, through the 90s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what I did was I took the what we've had since the year 2000 to kind of see how this zombie trend has taken off since then. You're right. We had a number of uh, zombie movies through the 80s and early 90s when you kind of had the late night uh, horror Joe Bob Briggs uh, kind yeah. of uh, drive-in culture sort of period. But the, even then, when you had a whole lot of that, it was not nearly as big and as ingrained in the culture as it is right now. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. So I looked at it since 2000. And what I've seen is that I think we've peaked. Oh, oh yeah, I probably. I think we've hit peak zombie. And I think we're on a decline now. Yeah. And I don't know if that's any, any you know, just to, to speak to your post-apocalyptic dread that people have out there. I don't know if that's necessarily because that's being alleviated at all or if this genre has just kind of worn itself out. But from what I can see, it looks like this thing really started to taper off after about 2011. And that was about the time 2010, 2011, 2012 started to wane a little bit. But that was really when we had the most, the absolute most zombie content coming out there. The most games, the most movies, the most video games. We should uh, be grateful we didn't have the Twilight of Zombies. No, there was no Twilight yeah. series of the zombies. The teen drama. <laughs> oh, we did. Oh, don't bring we it up. We did. I can't oh. remember what it was um, called. There was one... Just one, but it was in a trilogy. It wasn't a bunch of books. Okay, all right, all right. It wasn't right, a right, bunch right, of right. books. Yeah, but there was the zombie love story. There, there have been a couple of zombie kind of love story theme type stuff yeah. in music and in... Yeah, and there was that one movie where the kid was dead and then he like comes back warm to bodies. life because... Warm he Bodies. Warm Bodies. That I never saw one. that one. Me neither. Don't. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I even read the book. I won't. Oh, did you? Wow. I won't do it then. I'm a, I'm a zombie nerd. So. Like, oh, good. Yeah, I mean, not hardcore, but, you know, they were the first sci-fi kind of flicks that you could catch all the time. Like you were saying, up all night. What do you have for sci-fi? Oh, sci-fi horror is really kind of the same genre once you go back into the 80s. Yeah. 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 Reanimator and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you were talking about the, the origin stuff. So where did it go post-Haiti? Uh, New Orleans, I believe. Okay. That's where it made its entrance into the American culture and uh, voodoo. I remember seeing, hearing about as a child, and this is just my experience, I heard about voodoo before I heard about zombies. And voodoo into zombies. I'm not into voodoo. I am just came up as subject matter. Um, another thing on your um, pop culture, there's a there's a, there's a a show now, I Zombie. It's, it's, it's a zombie. There's a girl in it. She's a zombie. She eats brains to help solve, solve oh, crimes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you're right. It's been, we are inundated. We are saturated with zombie right now. And I think it'll go back down to levels of what it was back in the 80s, I, honestly, I think. Yeah, it'll play itself out eventually. Yeah. You said something in there, and I want to jump onto that because go for you know, it. <laughs> I want both of you quickly just to think. Okay. Don't say it yet. What is it that the zombies want? Mm-hmm. Got it? Mm-hmm. Kevin. To multiply. Lauren. Brains. This is what I was going to get at right here. Because we got about 10 years on you, right? Yeah. And so I'm wondering if there is a generational gap here. There is no gray in this man. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering one the other day. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's a generational gap. Because, because during our formative years... It was drilled into us that the thing that zombies want is brains. But there really isn't that much to back that up. No, um, there isn't, is there? there? was The first one was, oh, I can't remember what it, it was like a parody of a zombie movie. No, I, you know what it was? I've got it right here. 
It was. I've got, I've got a guess. This is yeah. Go for it. What do you, uh, what do you I think? think it's uh, Return of the Living. Return Dead. of the Living Dead is exactly what it, it was. Wasn't that one a, a parody? It was not a parody. I won that one. The trivia, I got the <laughs> it was not a parody. What it was was it was just a poorly made mm-hmm. version of the book that was written. Okay. Oh, okay. So. It this guy, campy. yeah, the the original writers of of um, uh, the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, right, mm-hmm. were George Romero, George Romero and uh, something asking or something like that. John Russo, Russo, John Russo, close. So these guys, <laughs> these guys co-wrote this movie, and after they split up, um, they had they had a fairly amicable falling out after the movie was uh, done, and Russo went on. They split the rights to make more of these, uh, more of the series, okay? And so uh, Russo had with him, he took the the rights to write things that stuck to the title of Of the Living Dead. And Romero took stuff that was just Of the Dead, okay? Oh. So anything that Romero made from there, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Light kept of the, the dead. Of, Yeah, kept Of the Dead, but Of the Living Dead went with Russo. Huh. So Russo wrote this book, Return of the Living Dead, and it was very much just a sequel to... Uh, Night of the Living Dead. It was very much in the same style. It had the same sort of zombies as was in there. And then along comes this guy. They, they decided to, because there was like a 10 year lag between when uh, Night of the Living Dead was made and when Return of the Living Dead started. And so the studio kind of sat on it for a while and they're like, and somebody else came along and said, you know, why don't we try and make a new zombie movie? And so they took this book of John Russo's. This guy named Dan O'Bannon was the writer and director of the Living Dead, or Return of the Living Dead. And he took this book and just completely turned it on its ear. Not into a parody, not an intentionally funny parody, but he was genuinely trying to make a horror movie that had some sort of funny-ish bits in it. Mm-hmm. And he changed what, and branched out what being a zombie was as established by Romero and Russo. And so, for example, Dan O'Bannon's zombies, they were basically indestructible. You could stab their brains, you could cut their heads off entirely, you could light them on fire, and they just would not die. The only way to get rid of them was fire, but then the smoke would get into the, the clouds and it would and make, more, and zombies make more, zombies. more zombies. Because the other thing that he introduced to this was the fact that, uh, I mean, like with um, uh, The Walking Dead does now, the essential idea is that everybody's already dead and it's just a foregone conclusion that you're going to come back as a zombie, right? That was straight out of the George Romero vein of zombie thinking, right? Now, Dan O'Bannon via John Russo, he made it so that he was the first one to introduce the idea that the that becoming a zombie was a virus, that it was a viral thing that would spread out. And it started with this military-grade toxin that I cannot remember the name of it. Um, oh, give me that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that once this gas uh, got onto this, these particular people, there was one especial zombie at the very beginning of Return of the Living Dead, that, well, this guy that got hit by this military-grade gas and got turned into this creature called Tarman or something like that. I forgot about that. This really just oily, dripping, de- decaying thing, but still with these big, bulging eyes, and more importantly, a complete and fully pink function tongue, which is also where you would get talking zombies. And the zombies in uh, Return of the Living Dead, they could speak. Yes, they could. And this Tar Man one had a particular line that when he was chasing down this young woman, uh, he was also smarter than your average Romero zombie. He was able to use tools, a winch, to to open this door in order to uh, chase this lady down. But as soon as he saw her, she screams and he looks at her and he says, BRAINS! And that's where it started. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
later on, more people come in and it's more brains. And then actually, on top of that, you have this point where they find this desiccated woman. And it's just it's just like her upper torso, the, the entrails hanging out and the legs are completely missing. And they tie her down and they strap her to this table and so that they can actually interrogate her. And they start talking to her. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. Brains only. Yes. Why? The pain. What about the pain? The pain of being dead. So what the other thing that he did here was he introduced the idea that zombies were not just this infinite horde of, of soulless creatures, but that they actually felt pain. And that kind of humanized them in a way that I don't think that Romero actually liked all that much. And Romero would get requests for autographs from all these fans and they would a ask him, you know, can you put uh, eat brains on there or something like that on this on this autograph? And he's like, I have never had a zombie eat a brain in any of my movies. I don't know what they're talking about, you know. But yeah, from there, it just sort of fell into the pop culture that zombies want brains and it's and it's still there. But only in some and only in some areas. Like you haven't when was the last time you saw a movie or anything where they actually were specifically eating brains. It might happen. Exactly. Pla that plants versus zombies. Yeah, it's, it, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So there's kind of this there's kind of this split of It's of like the cartoony zombies have that. Like you see you see brains on the t-shirts, you know, that people are wearing or whatever. Now but. here because because it was a it was a popular movie, right? But it didn't really break out. It made about 14 million dollars. Okay? 4 million dollars to make this movie Return of the Living Dead. Made about 14 million. It did all right, but it did take off within that sci-fi horror uh, fandom, you know, that really built the genre of uh, of zombies, and one group of people would really have gotten a hold of that kind of thing and taken it and run with the concept such that it could reach a mass market audience. Mm. And a lot of people think that this is where brain eating zombies really got into the popular culture. Dad, we did something very bad. Did you wreck the car? No. Did you raise the dead? Yes. But the car's okay. Uh -huh. All right, then. Really? The, the Simpsons Season 4 <laughs> Treehouse of Horror Episode Number 3 had Dial Z for Zombies, which introduced the idea of zombies, uh, of, of Bart raising the dead and all these zombies going about and eating people's brains. Homer, did you barricade the door? Why? Oh, the zombies. No. Spare <laughs> my family. Take me. Take me. Before that, you didn't even really have a whole lot in the way of actual mobs of zombies going around moaning brains, brains. But post that, you really had that sort of thing entering the larger culture. Hmm. How about that? <laughs> that was back when it was like super popular too. Yeah, when The Simpsons was was really like the big thing, right? Uh, fourth season, you said. Fourth season, yeah. yeah. That's right when it started taking off. And so I'm I'm wondering since since it was not part of necessarily your formative years. Whether or not there is kind of like this overall difference in opinion as to what what our ideas about zombies are. I don't know. I, I remember that episode. I mean, I grew up on The Simpsons and I remember specifically watching that episode and thinking zombies don't eat brains because I had never seen anything with a brain eating zombie. I hadn't seen Return of the Living Dead. Still haven't. But uh, It's a really good movie. You should see it. Shame yeah. on you. 
Yeah, I, I, it's never really resonated with me. I didn't understand where that came from until my brother told me that he'd seen Return of the Living Dead and said, oh, they wanted brains in that one. For Walking Dead fan, you seem surprisingly little zombies. <laughs> I'm not just a fan of, of zombies in general. Like, mm-hmm. they don't, don't necessarily appeal to me. There's just certain... Uh, aspects of the stories that that do interest me, you know, and, and occasionally, but generally the the zombie movies that I like are usually the little less conventional than just the horde of of walking zombies. Oh, um, you're more of a you know, I, I like the the Dawn of the Dead remake where they were fast. Uh, yeah. I like you know, twenty eight days later and twenty eight weeks later, even though those weren't technically zombies, but, but they, they were are. still. You know, still same sort of family. Um, and those and then, zombies are terrifying. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, those ones were way scarier than... 28 Days Later is what put my wife off of zombie movies for the rest of her life. Yeah. Won't do it anymore. Won't, won't even think yeah. about watching a zombie movie anymore. Yeah. And then World War Z, I liked that movie too. I liked the book a lot and the book movie was way different. But once you get past that, it was a good zombie story just because it was the first time you actually see somebody... Uh, learning to deal with zombies in an intelligent way rather yeah. than just wearing nothing that could protect you against bites and was... running around hoping not to die for two hours. They they were like, oh, let's put on things over our forearms so that we can defend ourselves, you know, with magazines and he had carpet samples and stuff like that. Huh. I never actually saw that one. Yes, I thought that was interesting. Uh, when he's trying to get his family out, he put the, the magazine over his, and then he just had like, um, you tell you, the character is supposed to be in a lot of, of war zones, so he was very adapted. Thinking on his feet. And, yeah. yeah. And those zombies were scary, too. They were fast. The War Ruler Z zombies, super yeah. fast. Yeah. And if you haven't read the book, I highly suggest it's about 200 pages, not super long. Yeah. And it's a really good perspective on that, I thought. <laughs> okay. I've got one question about zombies that just has always bothered me. There's never any zombie stories in the Pacific Northwest. And it makes me wonder, is it just because if you think about it, it would be way too easy to survive a zombie apocalypse in the Pacific Northwest with all the water and islands and stuff like that you can get to, all the mountains that you can hide in. It freezes occasionally, so you just go and bash the heads in of all these frozen zombies, but it doesn't freeze so long that... It would actually be a health risk to people that are trying to survive. In the- you got an east-west, uh, or you got a north-south running mountain range, so if you need to just get over the mountains, get away from them for a little while. Or- yeah. well, wasn't that in the zombie World War Z, where humanity's big fight back struggle? Everyone like went west of the mountains, and that was the last little bastion of humanity, and they started pushing back out of that, that area? Or is that a different story? In the, in, the, in the book or in the movie? In the book. Uh, in the book, there was just bastions all over the place. There was a like a tropical place where they had those uh, these houses that were up on stilts. That just turns out that's a really good solution to zombies is just be above houses them. on stilts. Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, you know. So there was pockets that had survived all over the place. Some had gone up into the mountains and then were pushing back down and stuff like that. But it's been years since I've read that. One. Did you have like the flotilla raft city kind of thing going on too? Uh, submarines. Yeah, submarines. Submarines. There was a submarine story. Yeah. Yeah. But like in the Walking Dead yeah. show and in the comic, they're down in, you know, Georgia, you know, which is predominantly flat and swampy. Yeah. And yeah, there's all kinds of problems with finding like, you know, healthy, drinkable water and stuff like that, which is in no short supply up here. True. You know, and then the new show, Fear the Walking Dead, they're down in L.A., which is terrible for living people, but would only be worse I don't know about this new show. Oh, it's another AMC show. Have you um, watched it? Did you watch the first season? Yeah, I watched the first season. Second season's going to be starting up here pretty soon, once Walking Dead. Oh, God, I've got more Walking Dead to watch. Did you yeah. like the first season? I liked it a lot more. It was way more cerebral. It was less of a gore fest than the than the other, than the Walking Dead is. And, it, and it's, about, it's about the start of it. Rather than having the main character that's sleeping through the zombie apocalypse, it's about things getting worse and worse and worse and losing control. Well, you know, we should talk a bit more about the Walking Dead. After this break... You're listening to Skill and Bones Radio. Damn, son, where'd you find this? 
few years ago, my former roommate, we just mentioned Joey, the winner of the store championships, uh, had given me a comic that a friend let him borrow called The Walking Dead. <clears throat> and I read the first volume, which goes up into the point where they get to the prison. And I didn't like it. Really? Yeah, it's just like, this is a really just generic zombie story. It started the same way as 28 Days Later, which I don't know, honestly, which one came first. The The comic might may have come out. I mean, the comic's been going on for years now. But, you know, where the guy's in a coma, wakes up, and the world's gone shit. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, I've seen this story before, and it wasn't that interesting. And so I read that and then pretty much nothing else for like a year. And my, my brother had been reading it, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It starts off really lame. You got to give it another chance. So I was like, all right. And started reading it again and uh, haven't looked back. What hooked you in the second time around? The longer you read it, you realize that it's a story about people slowly evolving and and changing in the in this new world. So they to set up that contrast, they had to have Rick as kind of like this sort of Dudley Do Right type of a character with his you know dumb sheriff hat and everything like that. And he was still trying to play sheriff even though the world was gone. Mm-hmm. But you slow you see him turn into kind of a crazy man who's willing to do pretty extreme things to keep his loved ones and people he cares about alive, regardless of what he's doing to anybody else. And so I saw the first half of that contrast and then didn't follow it up until later on to see that it, it was actually an evolving story. So it was more you got you got hooked into characters then? Yeah, well, that and the idea of a, a zombie story that, is, that spans over years and years, because usually you get like a movie mm-hmm. or whatever where it, or a book or something like that, where it's a contained little story and it's about these people figuring out what zombies are, never calling them zombies because in these hypothetical worlds, nobody ever knows what a zombie is. And then by the time they figure out what it is, how to stop them, a bunch of people die. And then the rest of them, it's kind of ambiguous what happens to them. But this one is actually like people trying to rebuild civilization multiple times. In the, yeah, 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 to varying degrees of success. Yeah. And, uh I uh, I had never actually read any of the comics until about uh, three weeks ago, and then uh, I took uh, Kevin's books off of his hands and bombed through them all in about the course of five days. It was impressive. <laughs> it was. It was probably um, not a good idea, ultimately. <laughs> I was at the same time trying to catch up on the show because I had uh, stopped watching back probably around that time in the prison, around season three. Yeah. And um, I sort of let it lapse. I kind of said, ah, I think I'm done with this. And then uh, we decided to talk about zombies. And so I picked it back up again to push on through. And what I tried doing was tried reading the comics at the same time as I was watching the shows. That's not something that one should do. Um, yeah. Partly because the, they're, they're divergent enough that it gets confusing. Yeah. Well, they diverge and they come back and then diverge yeah, 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 again, yeah, yeah. which almost would make it worse. But uh, yeah, yeah. But also because it's just too much to take. That's a lot yeah. of drama. It's a lot of drama. It's a lot of darkness. And I just couldn't keep up with it. It's, um, it's not the sort of series that can really be binge watched, you know? Um, with a, and in, in a way that maybe it's just me, maybe it's just my, my psyche, but that I can really expect to say, stay happy and watch this show continuously and read the comic book continuously for, um, this length of time. And so I think that, uh, going forward, I'll be happy to really break it up and only just dip back into it every once in a while. Yeah. I think there's snippets of the show, like stretches, like several episodes I could binge, but just like a season. Cause I love this the whole, like, both comics and the show. 
But there's some points where I get annoyed with the characters or what the story's doing. True. There's parts where it just like bogs down for whatever reason. Like what? Like what's one point where it really just slowed down for you? Anything to do with Lori. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, they fixed that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they fixed that. Into a belly of a zombie. Yeah. Spoiler alert! We haven't actually discussed what, how spoilery we want to get. Oh, that's years old content at this point. It is, but it's not because a lot of stuff's... At, well, yeah, that is, right. I mean, I'm not worried about the spoiling the Lori thing. But but what about as we move forward, do we want to talk about some of the more recent episodes and the more recent shows? And do we want to talk about what's happening here? If you get frustrated... Dear listeners, if you get frustrated by any of the spoilers that we that is contained herein, please give us feedback. That'd be great. Let's just roll. Let's just call it uh, warning spoilers. All right. <laughs> I was going for cheesy feedback. <clears throat> so I won't solicit any feedback from listeners. I will keep their thoughts to themselves. <laughs> we owe you nothing. <laughs> on top but of the, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. On top of the comics, which were fantastic, I have finally got caught up to. I think I'm maybe one or one episode w- within current uh, of the show. Oh, okay. And I play replayed the uh, first season and a bit more of the video game, mm-hmm. um, which I found fascinating. I like the game. I, I really like the the video game a lot. Which video game? There's oh the the, so. the I'm sorry the Telltale Games uh, yes, version. Of the, I of the, love those games. games. How far have you gotten? I played I played both uh, both seasons of that and then pretty much all the other Telltale games. Okay, as well. all right. I I tried to play them and I can't get into them, so guys <clears throat> can't do it. It's not no. not my. See, I'm terrible at video games. I don't play them like hardly at ever. Uh, and so when I play video games, I don't like playing games that I can lose at yeah. really <laughs> and get stuck on yeah. because then I'm yeah. like usually I play games to unwind and now I'm like now I'm more frustrated than before I picked up this controller. What was the point? But those games, it's like I'm watching a story and I occasionally like. Oh, you know, have to pick up the controller and actually participate um, a little bit, but... I don't know which I found to be more bleak, the comic book or the video game. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, that comic book is really depressing. Like, The Last of Us bleak? La- uh, you want to get me started on The Last of Us? Um, <laughs> it's bleak, I think, from the from the pers- standpoint of you're watching kind of the falling apart of the world of Clementine... Which I think hits home particularly hard and is um, extra depressing in okay. my in my mind because yeah. because her world just goes bad and you uh, and you and you have to watch them and I think they did a really good job of writing it from the perspective of of uh, a, a kid's mind trying to deal with this you yeah. know and I mean in the comic book you watch Carl go nuts in a very particular way and mm-hmm. Carl deals with it in a particularly more violent way than Clementine ever really does. Yeah. And so you see her still having this kind of restraint that the comic book doesn't really ever get around to. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't keep that same restraint that the video game manages. Yeah. Maybe well, I'm not caught up enough with the video game to really finally see her. No, I think it's more that she's got a very different role model. I mean, True. You know, true. You know, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. Insight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carl has his dad to look up to, and he becomes a very violent, uh, very extreme monster, utilitarian type of a guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can't remember. He leads the aristocracy. Yeah. I can't remember the the guy's name from the from The Walking Dead. Shane. No, no, no. No, yeah. he's talking about the video game. Oh, the video game um, which, oh gosh. Whatever. Now it doesn't matter, but that, that guy, the, the guy you play as, the main character. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the main character is. Yeah, has. it doesn't really matter that much. He but, dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the Walking Dead. You basically you can say everybody. everybody's already dead. Remember the, the Walking yeah. Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As so, that, oh. that is one thing that I really did like about the Walking Dead, uh, both the comic and the show, obviously, uh, is that everybody does 
That's the only way I could I could really conceive of the zombie virus actually taking over the world. Because, you know, the chances of a plane successfully ferrying a zombie from one continent to another is pretty slim. You know, if it got out of hand, maybe the plane would crash or whatever. But like this, where you have people simultaneously turning into zombies all across the globe, makes yeah. it a little bit more feasible. Yeah. Yeah, feasible. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one word. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, because it seems like if a zombie, especially now that everybody's aware of zombies, if a zombie outbreak were to happen now, I feel like it would be pretty easily contained. Like everybody and their mother would say, "That's a zombie." <laughs> you know how to deal with zombies. Yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah. nothing would really come of it. Well, and they would, and they would instantly go up and try and stab them in their brain, and that's the brain stabbing thing in this show. <laughs> you know. It's just, it, first of all, it's sometime after death, and I understand that there's decay, but, you know, <laughs> everything turns into paper mache, and you, people are just casually walking up and sliding their carrot shredder into the, you know, into the temporal lobe of whatever's walking towards them. And it becomes so casual a motion for these survivors. We're going to go stab more zombies in their head. And really, honestly, these guys are falling apart, right? Yeah. I mean, emotionally. It, it, they're wrecks. You're absolutely correct. Emotionally. Oh, I'm talking about the zombies. They're <laughs> they're about the, the people they're stabbing them, they're falling apart. Yeah, they're yeah. falling apart too. Everybody's falling apart. Everything's, everything's falling apart. My bad. But I mean, Carl's massive skull. gaping yeah. head wounds on... Yeah, Carl's skull. Massive gaping head wounds on these zombies and everything like that. And so there's already so much damage to their body. And there's so, yet there's supposed to be like a complete and total wholeness to their brain that even the slightest division of a thin blade sliding yeah. in there will completely disassemble them onto the ground. It's and like, you're not fan enough. And that's something that... Uh, uh, the, Maybe I'm not. <laughs> that's something that the uh, World War Z book or in the Zombie Survival Guide really explores. They, they're talking about, and it, it makes total sense how they how they say this virus essentially operates. And what it does is it eats through. This is and this is again just theirs, but this is what I apply it to Walking Dead. You got it, this off WebMD, didn't you? Because <laughs> they don't because they, they don't ever, ever explore the science the scientific uh, side of of the walking dead. Like they don't ever explore trying to find out what this actually is. Okay. But anyway, the, the world war Z universe version is that it's a virus that, that eats through your uh, nervous system and takes over. And the, so the cl- the main cluster is in your brain and then they start communicating like your nervous system does like virus to virus to virus all okay. the way through. And that controls right. you and everything like that. So if you destroy that nerve center, um, the communication stops, but the, you can't just simply, poke like an ice pick through their eye and that just shuts them down. No, you actually have to destroy their brain. Like Michonne taking a sword to it and chopping. Yeah, chopping it in half, you know, crushing it, you know, something like that. But yeah, a simple poke won't do. Yeah, see, and that's the thing about The Walking Dead that I think bothers me is because it has become such a casual motion for these people to do it. And it's like, what if you didn't get him? Like, you just stabbed the guy and turned your back immediately. Maybe that wasn't quite enough this time. Right. The people you're watching, though, are like level 500 zombie killers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't understand in the TV show why everybody only has a knife. Maybe it's just because it's the easiest to have, like, the retracting blade from a production standpoint. But a knife would be a terrible zombie killing weapon because you can't put that much force into it. Um, you're doing it at a, at a weird angle where it can easily glance off a skull. Sure. Well, but the skulls, again, paper mache. Right, molds. right, right. But even so, I mean, it's a short-range weapon. Like, wouldn't you want something that could... Not spear. only a spear. <laughs> uh, yeah, like this is this this has been known for years. The weapon you need is a spear, right? Probably a boar spear. I yeah, think. probably a or boar spear. Uh, or or like a club or a war pick, something like that that can both pierce and cause more damage than a, than a knife. May I interject to strengthen your argument. 
even if you could get the, the knife in, how are you going to get it out? Yeah. Because now you have to pull this thing out. And you probably got Gorn Icker on your hands at this yeah, point. Yeah, you're It's going to be slippery. And you've got like five other zombies there. So how are you going to get the knife out? Now, yeah. see, this is where we get to the point where it's like, okay, so this is the kind of conversation that we have now, right? <laughs> right. You know? What I would do in a zombie apocalypse. What I would do in a zombie apocalypse. And, you know, if I were forced to stab this person in the head, you know, yeah. it, we don't have... I, th- I think we've gotten to the point with this show, maybe... Uh, maybe just in general, where this has become so prolific that we've stopped looking at zombies as ex-people. Well, I, the thing I liked about yeah. Walking Dead, the show, is that the first season, the dead were the threat. Then in the second season, you really quickly get to the fact that... There was no threat. There was no threat. Because <laughs> it was a super boring season. Because <laughs> there, there was one zombie down a well, and that was what, uh, what we spent our time with. Fair point. But then you quickly get change gears, and the surviving living are the threat. Yeah. yeah. And living versus living, like... We're much more evil than the undead could be. I mean, you, you discovered yeah, they're fairly them. easy to deal with. Right, know? right, sure. Yeah, survivalists are, are always seem to be after each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My resources, your resources, your resources. Are Limited resources. resources. Limited resources, but right? kind of. Most everybody on the planet died over a relatively short period of time. That's true. And granted, production stops. But, I mean, I was just thinking about it the other day. Like, if there was a, a zombie apocalypse and everybody looks all dirty, it's like, there is... Tons of shampoo and conditioner and soap you can get your hands on because <laughs> nobody's going to be raiding the stores for that. Yeah, every single house you go into will have a bottle of shampoo. Running water of... might be different, you know. You go to stream for that. That's why you yeah, got to go true. to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we yeah. have streams. <laughs> Stand outside and shower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, you're right. There's there's plenty of stuff out there. You go to you go to any Costco and you look up and see that there's high shelves up there that are still stocked with a hell of a lot of food. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. But I mean, how long of a period was it that Rick was out? I don't remember. It was only a few months though. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that long. No. Why should it be so? Why should everything be so scarce by that point? I think it's just the it would be it'd be really hard to to plan like okay, so now the world would probably be out of this resource by. You know, there's a lot of estimation, a lot of research you have to go into. Also, figuring out what um, kind of things are stockpiled and what aren't. But and I guess, I guess the places where those kinds of things would be kept is, of course, where people would immediately go, thus running into more zombie crowds, get thus getting killed, thus leading to more zombies in those areas. So the place you would go to get, yeah, that's where the zombies are. Yeah, no, I think breaking into individual houses would be the way to go. Obviously, there's risks there with people zombies behind every door sort yeah, of thing. But, yeah. I mean, like, you can gather little bits of resources here and there. But the other thing that nobody ever... All the experts in whatever area are all dead. It's always just, like, normal people trying to figure out. And nobody ever thinks to go to a library. <laughs> like, where they have tomes of... Like, the internet's gone. It's yeah. so like, we need to learn how to do this stuff. I guess we'll just wait until we come across somebody who knows how. Like, God forbid we go to a place where there's definitely not going to be any zombies that definitely hasn't been ransacked and just, uh, you know, get a cart full of books. I don't know. Libraries could be extra dangerous because um, normally you expect to be able to hear them, you know, creeping up on you. But in libraries, the zombies have got to be extraordinarily quiet. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there's one thing I like about The Walking Dead is characters. Uh, yeah. The Rick Grimes in the uh, comic books, I think he is uh, brutal, but he's no brutal than he has to be. Yeah. I don't think he's uh, recklessly cruel and with abandon. He goes above and beyond at times. Uh, like after the prison fell when they were on the road for mm-hmm. a long time. Um, he was going the, crazy at that point. Yeah. When, the, it, when he was listening to the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was sometime after that they were ambushed by just a couple s- stragglers and he... You know, the, he was afraid for Carl's life, and so he killed these guys, and then like started. That's yeah. That's took it a they, little too far. Yeah, that's where they had Carl watching him just straight up kill that guy like overly, and they yeah. and I think that that was kind of this turning point for Carl 
because uh, he, later on he would go on to kill the other little kid. Yeah, it was uh, it was right around that same yeah time. same that same time. And they, the way that they implied it was that he kind of learned it by watching Rick. You know? Yeah, that's the way they sort of spelled it out in the course of the comic. Yeah, Rick and that, did go crazy on that guy. I'll I'll admit that, but he didn't. That wasn't his modus operandi from there on out. Yeah, it, that was a that that incident was a breaking moment. I yeah, think he did absolutely lose control. Yeah, yeah, he reins it back in. You don't fuck with Rick Grimes. No, you, know, no, you just don't. don't fuck. Yeah, but he, he's crazy. Yeah, in the show, like he his first solution is to kill somebody. Yeah, like he's killed a ton of people this season for for very little. It's like, oh, you don't have what I want to know. Boom. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. done. Overall, though, I really like the comic, and I keep complaining about the show i've been complaining about the show for years but i keep watching it it's like this it's this weird abusive relationship that i'm stuck in um and it keeps because it keeps pulling its punches and some of it is understandable why it pulls its punches yeah, yeah. like you can't have shane get shot by little boy carl in the show and and bleed out or you probably shouldn't and you definitely can't have Lori and the baby shot in the back you know that that frame like is still seared into my mind yeah from yeah that, it was pretty intense that. yeah and the, so anyway obviously in the show they can't do that this the, the the comic book however deals with more of just the internal madness of right. of the characters that is probably a little bit more difficult for um, those actors to pull off they're not great actors on the television show yeah they wouldn't be in the, my you know top tier but they, there is a lot more of just the um, internal monologue and uh, thought processes in the comic book. And the comic book also goes a lot more into sleep deprivation, which I think is a little bit easier to write than it is to um, uh, display over the uh, course of a 52-minute television program. Yeah. And you brought it up earlier. I just want to mention it. Like, when Carl killed that kid, yeah. that kid was unhinged. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and Nobody's saying he wasn't justified in that thing. I'm just saying that... Mm-hmm. that 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 the comic suggested that he got the idea of striking first from Rick, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, but there's also times where Carl kind of led the way on, on things where you know because he was young enough and impressionable enough that he could more easily sort of discard the uh, the values of the old world and was more easily able to adapt to the new world because you didn't have years and years, decades of, of experience. That's true. Cause they That's were, true. you know, I mean, he shot Shane really, really early on in the comics and he was afraid for his dad's life. Yep. So, I mean, there's obviously yep. extenuating circumstances there, but there probably wouldn't be very many people that are like, this needs to be solved with a bullet. This yeah. argument, yeah. you know? Yeah. Do you guys, do you like Carl? I like Carl in the comics. Um, the first several seasons, maybe four seasons, I did not like Carl in the show. He kind of became a bit of a punching bag on the internet uh, for the TV show because he was an idiot kid that was running around outside when there were zombies everywhere. And it was always, Coral, get back in the house, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. But what do you think of what he's become? He's growing into the leader that he thinks he should be um, based on the role model, as Kevin said earlier. You know, he's... I think there's leadership value in there. Um, in the show, he uh, tried to make peace with that kid that ended up shooting him in the eye. Tried very hard. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true, he did. And he had many excuses to kill that kid. If he yeah. was going by Rick Grimes' logic, that kid would have been... He was a clear and present danger. Yeah. And Carl was trying to uh, fit into the society a little better. Yeah. That's a, that's a point that the show keeps missing. That That's one of the frustrations I've had with it. They keep setting it up as if if you give people that are not suited to this world chances, eventually they're going to ruin it. They almost did it with Carl because he kept giving that guy chances. And then he got stabbed, wild shot goes off, and it shoots Carl in the face. 
Do you remember who shot Carl in the face in the comics? Uh, it was the it was the old leader of Alexander. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. It was, and he was just shooting wildly. It was just a stray bullet that caught Carl in the face. Yeah. Okay. But you know, so they they set it up that way, and then there's no there's no cat because you lost his eye. But the very next episode, it was like oh, a year had passed or whatever, yeah. and he was fine. Yeah, you know, and it did the same thing with Glenn. There was that that guy that just kept getting people killed over and over and over again, right. and Glenn kept giving him chances. Yeah, I can't remember the exact line, but there was even an episode where they were where they were talking about how basically you you can't be altruistic in this world. You've got to do what's necessary to stay alive because the threats are all around you, whether they're human or undead or, or just environmental or whatever it was. But then they, so this guy finally, after giving him all these chances, they're stranded on top of the dumpster and the guy shoots himself and then they set it up to make it look like Glenn was dead. And I lost five bucks on this because I was hoping that Glenn was dead. I was hoping well, that that... You sh- knew that he wasn't dead. I love Glenn. Um, you knew that he wasn't dead. You know he dies later. I hope he does. Yeah, but they don't. I I mean, hope that diverges. Andrea's still alive in the comics, and she went out like a punk in uh, season four or whatever. That's true. That's true. So you never know. But I was hoping that they were going to have his end because they were they'd set it up for like three episodes. Yeah, that Glenn was the only person that who had never killed uh, another human. You know, of that entire group. Is that right? Yeah. Mm Oh, he's managed to go through that entire show without ever killing another human. Huh. And uh, you know, so all all these things, and then. And so then they're like, oh, man, this is what happens. And then, nope, never mind. He's back. He's alive. There's no there's no risk there. There's no lesson to be learned. So you bet money hoping that he died. <laughs> yeah. You're hardcore. You haven't read enough of the comic book. What's that? Uh, you haven't read enough of the comic book. I finished the comic book. Uh, up, to where, up to where Kevin owns it anyway. Do you have the Negan stuff? Yeah. Oh, so you know how he dies? Oh, yeah. That's a brutal death. Oh, yeah. That's I'm expecting that's... Terrible death. So, so That better happen. That's what... <laughs> I hope well, here's, here's They the previewed thing. the baseball bat in the, in the season finale. Oh, did I we already watch it. the season finale? No, no. We, uh, <laughs> our poor recording schedule here, <laughs> we were recording one week before the season finale, so we don't have all the information. Real quick, uh, go back to what you're saying. It, when, when Rick came into Alexandria, that was his whole theory. Like, these people are dead anyways. We should just take it. Yeah. Because they can't handle it. Yeah. And he, and it's, it's not so much that they were going to kill them, but they were going to kill themselves trying to deal with the world outside. And yeah. that, that happened many times. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the episode yet, but when the, the, the doctor, she's just out there doing stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. And then... Oh, she dies. You saw that? I'm not spoiling that for you. No, I don't think so. I think, okay. I think, I think I remember that happening. Uh, yeah. Just random shit. And I've, I've, spent, I've watched so much Walking Dead in the last while. I don't know who's alive and dead anymore in my head. That's exactly the point. I yeah. Think. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, and, and she gets hurt emotionally by seeing shit. It's not so much the undead that fucked her up. It's the stuff that the dead did to themselves that really made her upset. Yeah. When they're on that Emporium run. Right, 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 right. So. Yeah, thank you for that. So... How long? I mean, from the comic book standpoint, let's let's start there because this show may the show's catching up pretty quickly compared to the production of the comic book. How long do you think this thing runs? Till people stop buying it? I don't know. You think so? Have you seen them at cons? No, they're fucking rock stars. Yeah. yeah. And you go to like you'll be going to a con if they have a Walking Dead panel where they show up. Just go linger and see what you see. I'm just wondering from the standpoint of like. How far can the series go before it loses the advantage of the world that they live in it resembling the world that we have? 
Because I mean, the yeah. the, the thing that's common to the, to the zombie genre is that it's it's our modern world that's falling apart, and they've already gotten in the comics into this kind of fantasy world of knights and horses and you know uh, the, mm-hmm. this this uh, resettlement kind of thing, I, uh, of building up these really kind of castly looking villages. I'm wondering how long until that no longer looks like our world, and will it still be popular when it's basically a fantasy world that has zombies in it? I don't know if I agree that it's a fantasy world. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying as far as the aesthetics, but I mean, it wasn't until the early 20th century that mankind was able to move it faster than the speed of a horse. I mean, that was top speed for mankind for thousands and thousands of years, so why wouldn't it be top speed again? Right, but, they, gonna... but I mean, they, they didn't start the story in the 1800s, right? They didn't start The Walking Dead in the 1800s. No. They didn't get popularity with a zombie comic set in, you know, rural Pennsylvania. But the resources and, and everything that you need to keep a combustion engine, you need to design it and to keep it running, are pretty taxing. A horse, you can feed it. You can water it. You know, this is a windmill what, operates on I, its own. I, I, I'm not saying that the world is not sustainable, that it's not a reasonable thing to have horses in their world now, right? What I'm saying is, will it be as popular if it's here's a comic book about farming around zombies. Yeah. I think that anybody who spent any time with the zombie apocalypse in their brain and considered, considered that for any length of time kind of thinks about what would happen after the fall. Yeah. You know, not unlike Warlands or, or Mad Max Fury Road. We're curious on what that looks like. Right. I think it falls in the same trope here. I do. I think it's going to be as popular. Maybe, maybe not because the fans won't evolve, but I think some real fans, the true fans will stick with it. Yeah, I think um, I think it, it presents a new opportunity to tell a zombie story. I mean, like, like I said before, we've had essentially the same pattern of zombie stories over and over and over again. Excellent point. Um, and so now we're actually seeing how does mankind actually respond to this. I mean, by the time in that comic, they should they should be able to learn how to... You know, they're, they're hurting the zombies and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you trained people right, I feel like you could make, like, basically just a zombie hit squad. And, you know, they'd be able to tear these zombies apart. An army, know. perhaps? Yeah. Well, no, you wouldn't even need an army. I mean, just people that know how specifically to fight, to fight zombies, how to armor themselves. You could train people to be very, very efficient zombie killers to kite them around, to distract them, going one direction, have people come up behind them, and stuff like that. And I think that the the show would present or the comic would present that kind of opportunity. Uh, just to strengthen your point, you can make zombie traps like there was outside Alexandria with the pits. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, that would be super simple. You, you don't have to fool them. They'll yeah. just follow you. Yeah. You just occasionally got to clean those pits out. Yeah. Burn them. Burn them. Yeah. But then clean them out. <laughs> you know, what would be fun though. If someone made a game that you could play, but yourself as a survivor of a zombie apocalypse, that's a very good point. We should probably play something like that. All right. What game would we play? Zombicide! <laughs> okay, we'll talk about Zombicide when we come back. No, you can stab me, shoot me, burn me or crush me. I will barely feel any pain. I would advise you make mincemeat of my brain. I have no arms, no legs, no skin, no intestine. You can kill me very easily. But beware the living people, they're far more deadly. If I were a zombie, I would stumble aimlessly around just looking to be fed. The living people, they are more a threat. 
I am just the walking dead. So, gentlemen, we have ourselves our first donor. What? Donor? Our first donor. Yeah, so... They donate brains? No, they've donated cash. At some point here, we are going to be getting to the point where we need to pay for hosting. Yeah. Hosting. Yeah. We're rapidly approaching that point where where we're running out of free hosting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's only so many hours that you can put up on the internet at a time. It turns out... Oh, I didn't know Anyway. I'm not looking to make a make this a regular thing, but in the instances where we do have somebody that decides to throw a dollar or two our way in order to help with the cost of the show. Dibs. Huh? Dibs. <laughs> a dollar or two split three ways, it'll just cause a fight. If I just take it all, it works. <laughs> you are pure heart, Kevin. I'll make sure it goes to the right place. I'm sure. If somebody just decides that they can throw a dollar or two our way, then what we can offer them in return is the thing that gamers need most. Dice. Dice. Bones! Specifically, dice karma. Oh. What you need when you are playing any of your games is really good rolls. Well. Yeah, you don't need skill if you've got the bones. <laughs> and since he uh, has donated a dollar into our coffers, Mr. Nathan Lowe has purchased himself one piece of good karma at his request for his next Infinity game. So Nathan's bought himself some D20 karma tonight. I wish the home audience could see the the (laughs) dice cup. It looks like it came Uh, out of the same shop. A dice cauldron? Yes. The the Mogwai came out of the Gremlin. It looks like you got it out of that same shop. It's not a pretty thing. It looks mystical. and But what it does is it it produces good results. And so what I can say is that, Nathan, congratulations and thank you. Thank you, Nathan. For your donation to the Skill and Bones radio podcast. And in return, you are getting yourself. Oh, look! A crit! A crit! A natural crit! So next time you play Infinity, one of those crits that you roll will have come directly from your donation to the Skill and Bones Radio Podcast. And we You're thank welcome, you. welcome, Nathan. You're welcome. <laughs> and we thank you for your contribution. Or I meant to say thank you. If you want to make a donation and you want to request some 40K karma, if you want to request karma for a leadership role, I have dice. When they go into this cup right here, they roll ones. <laughs> I have other dice. When they go specifically into this cup, into this skill and bones... Dice chalice. Dice chalice. <laughs> <laughs> this four-footed dice chalice. Dice, when they go into this thing, they get the results that uh, that you need. We'll read out your name, and uh, we'll get you that karma that you need for the games that you're going to be playing in your upcoming week. Absolutely. If it even comes to your mind to question, this is mystically sound. I was wondering what that sound was. <laughs> this is mystically sound and works uh, according to every single major world religion that I've asked. <laughs> well, he's 9 out of 10. Agree. So how many have you asked? You're not supposed to ask that question. <laughs> poking holes in the whole thing. If you want to rule eternal, you have to have skill and bones. I'm a gamer. I've been gaming most of my life. But who isn't a gamer is my wife. I can never get her to play a game with me. But I found this game called Zombicide, and it's a cooperative game. So we can both be on the same team and go after the same objectives together. So that's how I got my wife into playing board games, was Zombicide. It's extremely accessible to new players, and it's about zombies, and I think my wife digs zombies because she watches The Walking Dead with me, and she's read World War Z. Yeah, it's a great game. What do you guys think about that game? 
I hate Zombicide. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to I'm going to try and hate it fairly here. Um, and for good reason, but I really really dislike Zombicide. I own a copy of Zombicide and I hate it. I, I don't I, that's a little more extreme than me, but um it's up and down. I don't know. It's all right. So maybe we should explain what the game actually is yeah. for a second. Yeah, it. So it's it's everybody's playing uh, Survivor. It's usually six players. Uh, you you know you get an inventory. You can search for more random weapons and things like that. And you of course level up and experience and get new abilities. So it's a role playing game. Uh, and then there's light. Yeah, light. Light. Yes. Yeah. As light as you could possibly be. Um, but, and then there's just swarms and swarms of zombies popping out of every corner, uh, and people are hole. trying to cut them down. So you get a whole bunch of, um, you can basically run around a modular board with your model of your survivor, or maybe you're controlling two, or maybe you're controlling three, because for some reason this game has to have all six on the board at all times. It's the only um, way it's balanced. Yeah, that's exactly the way it's balanced. It's the only way that this game is balanced is to have all six. You can't see Brad gesticulating over there. And you can really feel the hatred. His transition to the dark side is now complete. And then you have a whole bunch of zombies that roll onto the board. Zombie models that roll onto the board. Three types of zombies. Four, oh, four types of zombies. Well, with some of the expansions. Four types of zombies. Well, we'll get into the expansions in just a second. Let's talk about a base board game that okay. is sold called Zombicide, or uh, the one we played last week, which was Zombicide Black Plague, yeah. right? Which is the medieval uh, take on, uh, or the medieval fantasy take high on, fantasy high fantasy take, take on, on uh, Zombicide. Yeah. Now... I don't know if I should be the one to begin here because let's let's get some positivity about it before I. Like I said, it's it's extremely accessible. Um, as Brad said, it's it's role playing game light est. Light est, yes. The lightest, the very lightest. What I, what I mean by that is I think that I think that this falls into the same uh, kind of category as a lot of uh, board games that are coming out recently, which is that. Uh, you have a bunch of events, a bunch of things that happen that are just determined from a random stack of cards. And these stacks of cards, it's great that everybody gets to play without having a game master in your in your game. But I think that those stacks of cards just take away the role of a game master in a traditional RPG, right? Yeah. yeah. Normally, it would be somebody that's steering the story and directing the kind of loot that you might get. Even if you're playing a game that has random tables for getting some stuff. That happens, right? Of course. Yeah. And random encounters. Um, but this game is totally random yes. yeah. for what shows up. Yeah. And that's fantastic for replayability mm -hmm. and fantastic for being able to understand you know, the, the sorts of things that are, that are happening around you. It's terrible for storytelling. Yes. Yeah, I don't think that it's necessarily a storytelling game or, or, or even that it attempts to, but I, I agree. The zombie spawns in particular, they'll change the outcome of the game, and a lot of times there's like not much that you can really do about it. You know, the game we played last Tuesday, yes. we drew the, the Abomination, which is the biggest, baddest zombie that you can only Cannot kill. Cannot be killed. Yeah, but with certain equipment. So, at, so you, you get him early, and you have to avoid this guy until you get the equipment. But if you're playing a scenario where it requires you to move and find objectives really quickly, you can't spend the time searching to find the different uh, pieces you need to build your your dragon bile Molotov cocktail Wait, thing. You guys don't like it because it's hard at certain points, randomly hard. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Not, I, not I got some tissues. <laughs> <laughs> not that it's randomly hard. It's oh. that it's randomly way too hard. That there are situations such as the one that we ran into the, the mm -hmm. other night um, where it's just you just can't win. 
Yeah. You, it's either a puzzle or an unsolvable puzzle. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And the, and the thing that I, the, the, here's, I, I suppose the crux of what I don't like about Zombicide is that it is a puzzle with a very clear and obvious solution when there is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Is, is, is that you, you can, there, there's always an optimal path yeah. to take. Yeah. And the only thing that you can do for fun is err on the side of awesome, of doing something incredible and maybe having it work, and if not, screwing your friends for the rest of the game, right? Yeah. Which is... Joey. <coughs> Joey. <coughs> Joey cannot. We'll edit that out on post. <laughs> I won't. Um, but it feels really great to do, though, to take that risk, to, to, to roll those sixes, to roll the fives, whatever the hell you actually need in, yeah. in, in, in that particular instance and have something awesome happen but when you're done you're eliminated you're out of the game player elimination i don't like all that much yeah um yeah and 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 then and then other people are really bitter at you for having taken that that choice for for taking the opportunity for you to feel awesome at the expense of everybody else at the table in what is supposed to be a cooperative experience right i I, that's that's one of my things as well is it seems like there's two or three people (laughs) that have like a great time because their character got the good rules yeah. and got the good equipment yeah, and went equipment. on the killing sprees and then some people are left so far behind that they couldn't they couldn't dare to because the more you level up in that game the more zombies start spawning yeah. but a character that hasn't gotten those kills is doesn't have the, the equipment doesn't have the abilities to deal with those numbers of zombies and yet that's, that those numbers of zombies are still churning out but what you're describing is not a cooperative gameplay methodology when you sit down and you have cooperative people that share the kills and come, we all go up evenly, it's a yeah. much different scenario. I think that Zombicide is like the Wii of, of board games, if you will. Super accessible. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you guys are long in the truth gamers and you have different expectations from that game. This is a great throwaway game to bring people into more board games, yeah. more towards like Game of Thrones or yeah. what's the one that... Masters of the Unit of the Galaxy one, Twilight Imperium. Oh yeah. But here's yeah. The, here's where here's where I'll disagree with you on this is because okay. is because yeah it's cooperative and you can try and share your kills and that kind of stuff. But the, but it's and still loot. it's still yeah and loot. But it still boils down to okay I'm setting you up for this opportunity to kill this zombie right. Mm-hmm. Whoops your dice didn't make it you didn't kill it I have to kill it I have to take the kill because otherwise we're both dead mm-hmm. right. Yep. And so so you don't always get into this this uh, sharing economy of of zombie farming right. You just the, the person who's rolling hot wins and they and they get more pot, more uh, more uh, experience and they get bumped up to higher levels and then the zombies get tougher and the people who are behind just get farther and farther behind i think if you i think, I it's think who you, you play with yeah <laughs> i'm going to put that <clears throat> out there but my, i'd say we were very cooperative during our games for yeah and my my, game? <laughs> my complaint with it is that if you are as cooperative as you can be mm-hmm. and and you really spend the time to to think it through then the game becomes really systematic and kind of loses that RPG, that role-playing element, mm-hmm. is you, you're going through and you're mathing this thing out. Like, yep. this is the optimal thing to do. And, and some scenarios that I've played in that game, like, it was kind of similar. We I played a prison one. In the, in, the, in the prison expansion, um, instead of having a, a big board that you can kind of spread out and run anywhere to, sure. it's more stage by stage. You okay. have to open security doors yeah. and, and, and proceed from one section of the prison to the other. Well, again, really early on, we had an abomination show up, you know, on the other side of the security door. And so we're like, okay, we can't go through that security door until this until we have the equipment we need to kill the abomination. <laughs> so, and so we just spent like half the game just searching and searching and searching, found the things we needed. Great, open up the security door, and by that time there's hundreds of zombies in that one square, and then boom, they're all gone. 
And so that one person is instantly into the red. Yeah. And, you know. And then it's impossible for everybody else at that point. Well, no, I mean... It, 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 You're not, pretty well geared up at that point. Even not... Yeah. Even without doing that, the, the fact that you can project how this game is going to go um, that early on... That game, that game would have been, we would have lost horribly, but it would have been more fun if somebody was like, to hell with this. I'm opening the security door and I'm going into the next area, regardless of whether or not that's the optimal thing to do. Because then it, then people would have had to adapt and would have had to improvise a little bit more. Yeah, it seems like a good thing until until it's just over. Right. Right. And I mean, if that goes poorly for you, then you're like, well, that was a stupid decision. Why did you do that? And, and yeah. everybody's mad at you for yeah. like that little bit. How many times has Stas played Zombicide with you? Never. How many times has Christy played Zombicide with you? Won't play, uh, won't, won't touch zombies since 28 Days Later, if you'll recall. Okay. Thanks. That's all I needed. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think you're right. I think, it, you know, Settlers of Catan is kind of like the, the resource management intro game, and this is kind of the, the action board game intro uh, type of a game, uh, which is fine. I don't mind playing Zombicide every once in a while, but it's definitely not a game I want to buy. No, you and it, and it's, it's, yeah, you bailed out after the first game last week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you want to play X Wing. <laughs> I wanted to play a really good game. That was a wise decision. <laughs> you know. That said, it is probably the preeminent zombie game. Uh, I thought uh, currently Casey had one, didn't he? Or is that a vampire one? Oh, it was a vampire one, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a few of them. There's the uh, Last Night on Earth. I did not like that game. <laughs> zombies. Yeah, it was zombies, um, but it, I don't know. It didn't play. No, no, no the, the game oh. Zombies with the oh. three exclamation marks. Uh, uh, which is also one, a terrible game. Uh, yeah, I think there's one called Night of the Living Dead as well. Um, okay. But uh, I'm not sure. Something yeah. There was one that had tons and tons and tons of expansions, like 10 expansions to it. It was ridiculous. More more than Zombies? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It That's carried on for quite a while. Okay. I mean, Zombies is the same way. Zombies has like 25. Maybe, maybe it is Zombies I'm thinking of for that one. They had the Glow-in-the-Dark Zombies and like all kinds of different packs you can get. <laughs> they made, didn't didn't oh, they make Glow-in-the-Dark Zombies for Zombicide too? I don't know. I don't think so. There's another thing I like about Zombicide is you, you can actively try to fuck each other, too. There, there, there's that element of backstabbery. It's cooperative, but you don't have to be cooperative. Yeah. There are some <laughs> mechanics in both in both ver- versions of Zombicide that just kind of really stick out like a sore thumb. Particularly in the in the original mm-hmm. Zombicide, cars are way too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> cars are ridiculous. Really like, like the only that. way that you can get hurt in a car is if you stop in a square where there's zombies, or if there's they get multiple activations or whatever. But like, it's your fault at that point. And this, also the other thing is the person driving that car can't help but just harvest zombies by the. You know, by thus the barrel, going to, thus going up to red and yeah. screwing everybody else. Yeah, game. yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a mobile. You can search cars to get weapons. Uh, you know, they're they're crazy. So, what is it in the new one then? In the new one, it just seems like there's not much of a. I haven't played enough of Black Plague to, to say authoritatively, but it seems like close combat isn't that good in it because they changed the thing where if you have survivors in the same square, they just are only hit if you miss. Yes, yeah. But you, we've got a starting character that hits on a two up, and if he gets, you know, with his with his bow, the Elven Ranger hits on a two up, and then he can pretty easily get plenty of arrows and have a two up re rollable. Right. So that risk goes out the window. Range combat seems to build up a lot faster than close combat does. Yeah, That's and then and then you got spells which are both close combat and range. Yeah, and you, they're all, the spells are zero zero yep, to yep, one, yep. and usually do way more damage too. So it's like close combat is kind of your last resort, which I guess it should be. But yeah, the um, uh, this was something that uh, Sherbert was complaining about last week when when we played it was the fact that that the close combat weapons they don't hit as easily. They don't do as much damage. There aren't enough of them that uh, are able to do two wounds, so you can't take out the the fatties. chainsaw. 
No, no, yeah. there is. I mean, there's yeah. there's basically nothing that that you can do. So so that particular character class that specializes in uh, close combat weapons doesn't build up as fast as the other. It's just and now it's just sort of built into the system. Yeah. On top of that, the game comes as it has in previous incarnations with two super weapons. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what I was going Now, in Black Plague, you've got these crypts that you can go down to and loot for these super weapons. In Black Plague, there are only two cards. One of them is the uh, Orcish Crossbow, yep. and the other one is the Inferno Spell, yep. which is the, the ultra-powerful Mage Spell. Do you notice anything missing from that? A melee weapon. <laughs> There's a no melee weapon. There's yeah. no super powerful melee weapon to, to get, which means that, that, that whoever's playing that character is immediately left out from, you know, trying to get the most powerful version of their character that they can get. Which you both talked about before, like if you get the good loot. I think the Orcish Crossbow is, those, is a melee weapon as well, if I'm not mistaken. It might have some sort of cleaver or I'm something like that. Well, here's the but thing. It, yeah, definitely not its main function. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is that... Why is there no card in there? Why is there no melee weapon in there? For the expansion. For the expansion. It's all <laughs> in the expansions. There is no reason whatsoever that they should not be able to throw in one damn little card right. you should into, the be- class. into the beginning of this game. If you don't mind, Brad, I would like you to go off on your Kickstarter rant a little bit here as well as, as it ties into <laughs> Zombicide because it's a really good point. We need more ranting. Yes, we need more ranting going on. And it's a great point about this, too. And cool Mini or Not has no business on Kickstarter. Yeah. They have no business being on Kickstarter. They are already perfectly successful as they are. They already have a communication chain to all of their fans that they can sell more Zombicide to. Right? Or any of their other games. They don't need to be out there crowdfunding through Kickstarter. It's a, it's a great model for them to, to, to try and push the stretch goals and, and basically build upon the, oh, you've almost unlocked this kind of thing, the video yeah. gaming version of, yeah. of, of consumerism. Yes. Yeah, dangling uh, the, that the deal. There, yeah, sure. yeah. The, the, you're so close. It's, it's a great way of pushing out to get more people to, to sell for you, to go out and say, hey, guys, buy this thing so that I get more stuff. Right. right? But the, what they're doing with it, though, is they're shortchanging their base games. And this isn't just a matter of, you know, hey, you're going to have to pay $150 in order to get the whole thing that we're selling here. It's a matter of if you don't do that, if, if we just sell this thing in a store, we're going to sell a crappier version of it. We're only going to give you two super weapon cards in this thing. And, yeah. and this is not just a matter of, you know, not having enough things to balance out that, that uh, third character class. I think it has a real major gameplay uh, effect, which is that every single time you go into this game, you know exactly what two weapons are out there. Right. Right? There's no mystery whatsoever to the card draw, other than the 50-50. Did I get the crossbow? Did I get the other thing? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason that I can't keep up and intentionally don't keep up on modern video games. I feel like most of them are designed the same way too. They give you 70% of a video game and the other 30% and then more if it's successful is released in downloadable content. But that's bad. Well, yeah, no, I agree. You you buy the option to, to pay, give them more money. That's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, if you're a wise consumer, you, you buy the, uh, the season pass or whatever, where it allows you to, to, to buy that downloadable content for a lower price and so what it on seems, some games. Uh, what it seems you, to wait, be, you wait a year. If you're a wise consumer, you don't pay for new and you wait. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Wise in quotes. But what, it's, <laughs> what it seems to me is that is that the dangling of that extra content, right, mm-hmm. in, in the expansion. The yeah, the carrot that, that leads you to, you know, avoid the stick, I suppose. Because <laughs> the, the other hand of that is the stick, which is that of... Negative the, play experience. Which is the negative play experience. The, yeah. the excessively hard game design. Okay, and I think it is. I think it is too hard in the fact that 
it can only be played with all six characters. You can't just have one app that doesn't show up there, mm -hmm. you know, and then you're forced to play extra guys. You can't have a two-player game where it's just two people running through this thing, and the game doesn't scale down to be, I'm really invested in this character, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to I'm invested in these three characters that I'm playing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think that what they're doing is they're selling this not finished game in the main box and then uh, selling the solution to the difficulty of the puzzle that exists in that first box in the future expansions of it. And you have to buy all this other stuff to have a complete game. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is they're selling a $150 game. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being brave enough to share all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, it's a re it's reality. I have... Uh, recently bought a an entirely different game and got bit by that with all the extras and stuff like that and it wasn't a good game and I will never play it. It's terrible, but I understand what you're saying exactly. You want to throw that game under the bus? Or we, what are nope. we done? No. Uh, right. Well, fine. Besieged. Don't touch it. I own it if you want to hurt yourself. Throw it in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, honestly. Okay. That is my primary primary Zombicide rant. There's, there's more, but I, I don't think I should. Yeah. I, I do wish there was a game, you know, whether it was a board game or... Yeah, I don't think I could justify a zombie-themed tabletop game. I think it would be really hard to design a game there, but... It is a bummer that Zombicide is our best board, uh, zombie board game. If only for our shows. <laughs> because we got to grab the game in there, but... Uh, I, think could, I think there could be tweaks. I think that I think it can be fixed. Oh, I, I just don't well, yeah. think it's going to be. I think what it what right. it needs is, is is a zombie player. You you need the one person playing as the zombies, and then you can easily scale it. Instead of having random spawns, you can say you get this many zombies per turn if, based on how many how many players there are. So you don't have to have six players in that. If they went down the road of um, descent or imperial assault. You know, that style of thing with it, I, where, where you play a campaign of Zombicide and have different, you know, have the missions actually be in order, telling a story that rolled out there um, with a person being the zombie player, you know, the DM um, in this and made it more like an RPG. I think it could be a really, really good game. And, if, and of course, it comes with great re, uh, uh, models. You know, it comes with a lot of stuff, a lot of toys to play with in there. A lot of characters. A lot of characters. Well, six, really. Six D. If you get the six uh, D, yeah. yeah. If, if you, you get, get the, if you get all of them, then if you, you can do the Kickstarter and all that. And <laughs> okay, let's let's biting let's, my tongue. It's ble you're bleeding. Yes, <laughs> it's terrible. Yes. Get that man out, band aid. Um, let's branch off from zombie side since we've obviously beat that horse to death. Go ahead. Do you guys play any video games of note? Maybe not recently, but I remember Resident Evil was huge for me. I love that. That that video game, the first one, the Shark Room. I weed a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I never I never played the uh, Resident Evil games. I, th I think I played like an hour of Resident Evil Four or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I watched my brother play the Resident Evil games. Like I didn't have the courage to play them myself. I was the guy over there with like with the blankets up to my chin. You know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. held in suspense there. And I would even have, like, you know, friends would come over and spend the night, and we'd both end up watching my brother play Resident Evil and didn't feel like we wasted the time at all. It was awesome. Up until Resident Evil 4, it was a game built by, of tension made possible by really bad controls. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole tank controls and steering it like, can I get away from this zombie? Well, I could if I could just <laughs> turn around. Yeah, you know, or when the, when the camera randomly changes just, angles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, what, what the, so now oh, you're no. moving back towards the zombie. Like, it's so dark, I can't see anything. No, you're just looking at a wall. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, the dogs are behind you. They've just come through the windows. And, yeah. yeah, that, that was... Um, uh, any other notable horror zombie movies? You started in on The Last of Us. 
great survival game. Mm-hmm. Great um, uh, take on the zombie genre just from having it be a kind of like a fungal uh, infection as opposed to um, the, the mysterious undead kind of thing. Right. Um, and it uh, does the same thing that The Walking Dead does really well insofar as it highlights the, the dangerousness of the other survivors mm-hmm. and the, and the uh, trying to fight your way across the country as you run into these kind of cabals of cannibals or uh, other extremely dangerous people out there. And it does the same thing um, as The Walking Dead in that it's got a young female protagonist, uh, uh, The Walking Dead video game, uh, in that it's got a young female protagonist that you've, uh, that's constantly tagging around with you. Um, And uh, whom eventually you take control of and is in, in one of the absolutely like most creepiest, dangerous feeling levels that I've played in a video game in a while. It's a, yeah, it's a, this snowbound, snow-locked town with this absolute psychopath killer after her, and it's it's fantastic. It's it's absolutely great. Um, but praise. But the, the other thing that that game does is, at the beginning, puts you in the, in the, uh, in the position of playing a, a different uh, young female protagonist, the daughter of the main character, and walking her into a situation where she gets killed, like right in the first 20 minutes of the game. And it's this, as, as they're laying out this universe and as the world, it, it, in the immediate period of time that the world is falling to pieces, it is just heart-wrenching at the beginning of this. And they released the game on Father's Day. Uh, and so the people that are starting exactly, <laughs> Lauren is giving the bird to the universe at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because because um, the, the scene, the, that whole scene as it plays out is just incredible. Incredibly well acted and incredibly well animated. And um, they just, they really put you in it. Sounds um, like it's haunting, almost. <laughs> I would call it that. It, yeah. The way you're describing this, your emotions. It's fair to say. Like, it's fair to say. I went back I, I went back and uh, have shown a couple other people the, the opening sequence of this game. And, it, and you just when you're done with it, you just kind of sit back and go, well, that sucks. You yeah. know, <laughs> it really, um, it really hits you. Did you ever play uh, Dead Island, either of you? Yes. A little bit. Yeah, uh, I loved Dead Island. It was it was good. I mean, my brother lives down in Portland, so I don't get to see him all that often. So I like to play. I like to find an online game that we can play together. Cool. Dead Island was really good for that. What about the intro to that one? That was not quite as pointed to yours, but they're like, um, I remember when the, the, the cinematic came out for that. Oh, that yeah. Game, oh, and yeah. That's what sold that game was oh, that yeah. cinematic. Yeah. yeah. That absolutely, that you are absolutely 100% correct about that. Yeah. That was, that was incredible. And I played roughly two minutes of uh, Riptide as well. Uh, I started. I decided to play, play that game like after I'd gotten home from the bars or something like that and <laughs> quickly got a horrible case of the spins and then haven't touched it since. <laughs> so, or you got to play Walking Dead Season 2, uh, the Telltale game? I've played the first episode of that. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, that's that's as far as I've gotten so far. Okay. And I'm, I'm totally into do it. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I, am, I, I, like, I like the series a lot. Yeah. So. I like that you continued. I was wondering after the first season how how they would continue it, but sure. I like that you still play as Clementine, mm-hmm. and then as you're yeah. interacting with other people, yeah. you know, because you can't, you know, physically... Outmaneuver Take them. Everybody. Yeah, she's, you, you become a little bit more emotionally uh, manipulative and threatening in yeah. certain ways. You know, she's got to you know play the little kid card when she's a little kid. Yeah. Like what, little old me? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. um, it's so it's it's nice seeing yeah this this young character how she uh, uses the uh, the assets that she's got to try mm. to survive. Survive. It's cool. It's cool. I like it. So are we about uh, are we about filled with our? I got nothing else. I think that's a wrap, gentlemen. You were at your house. You're the host here. Yeah. Will you talk us out of this one? Take your time. Behind my wall of canned goods and toilet paper.
We're going to sign out, gentle listeners, on the eve of this zombie apocalypse. May you have many good episodes of The Walking Dead. May you enjoy the comic books. And love it or hate it, may you enjoy all your Zombicide games. Taking us out today is Jonathan Colton's All We Want to Do Is Eat Your Brains. Good night. Hey, your Tom is Bob from the office down the hall. Good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. Really wish you'd let us in. I think I speak for all of us when I say I understand. Why you folks might hesitate to submit to our demands. But here's an FYI, you're all gonna die screaming on. We're not unreasonable, I mean no one's gonna eat your eyes. Here, maybe we should compromise. If you open up the doors, we'll all come inside and eat your brains. I don't want to nitpick time, but is this really your plan? Spend your whole life locked inside them all. Maybe that's okay. food and guns then you'll have to make the call I'm not surprised to see you haven't thought it through enough you never had the head for all that bigger picture stuff but Tom that's what I do and I plan on eating you slowly I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes We're at an impasse here Maybe we should compromise Open up the doors We'll all come inside and eat your brains I'd like to help you, Tom, in Time. Well, technically I am I guess I am this up I know we'll get to common ground somehow 
Meanwhile, I'll report back to my colleagues who were chewing on the doors. Guess we'll table this for now. Glad to see you take constructive criticism well. Thank you for your time, I know we're all busy as hell. And we'll put this thing to bed when I bash your head open. We're not unreasonable, I mean no one's gonna eat your eyes.